Good morning. Welcome to Local Matters. This is Ben Rogers, and I am delighted to have a brand new county executive in the Upper Cumberland, Mr. Stephen Barlow. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. You are the brand new county executive in Overton County. I am. And first time you've been on, and excited to have you because I'm I'm continuing that uh, that trend of having some of the new, newly elected officials in Upper Cumberland on the show because that's we're here to talk about. Uh, local matters and Overton County's local and uh want to get to know you and so Stephen I'm going to start with are you born and raised in Overton County I am uh I was born in Brickman I was raised there and I've lived the other half of my life in Monroe where I married the I guess the lucky lady that married me she's one lucky woman i can tell you (laughs) Uh, let's have her in too (laughs) she's not here she'll agree with me Uh, Uh, that's good we've lived there uh the other half of my life so about 20 years each spot so that's two different ends of the county ain't it rickman and monroe yes yeah south Uh, and north yeah i mean so uh, anything different about the two communities uh just uh i God's country up in Monroe is what they call it. <laughs> well, Rickman, I guess, has probably got more people, don't it? Rickman is very populated. It's it's exploded since I've left out. Uh, I remember childhood growing up in Rickman. I mean, there wasn't that many people. And all these old farms that you used to see when as a child has turned into subdivisions and things. And I remember, Lord, back when I was nine-year-old, getting caught breaking into my neighbor's barn just to look at his uh, horses and stuff and he's like listen if you want to be here let's make it right and he said you come work for me and i'll show you and so i i just had a great childhood growing up in rickman and uh all the farmers around me and uh, they just take you under your wing if you want to know they'll show you and i started working on farms when i was nine and uh had a great experience in riding horses um since childhood getting playing cowboys and indians on real horses that's an experience right yeah there. yeah that's that's good so what intrigued you when you were over there looking at all the horses and farm animals and just the farms what intrigued you just felt 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 good about being there just loved it or oh yeah all my family it's you know we just grew up out there in the country and i wanted to know more about it and i'm one of those passionate people is if i want to know i'm just going to throw myself into it and i'm going to take off with it yeah so i grew up on a small farm with um uh, one Tennessee walking horse that was my age, born in 1980, and then the uh, the mule we had an old mule, gray mule. Um, she uh, in 2000, well in 2003, it's when the horse passed away. I, I remember dates like that, especially things that mean to you. And then a couple years later, our mule passed away, and she lived to be 45 years old. 45. 45 years old. My daddy worked her when he was a kid. Uh, called her Belle, uh, and um, I always that one of my and my brother's chores was to go feed the the horse mule, you know, as, as kids and and get them to the barn if it was cold or going if it was going to storm, run up there and get to get Champ and Belle in, hurry, and you run up there and you whistle at them, call them, you, you know, you had you, you have your own call for your animals, and they'd come around. It's just peaceful animals, even the mule, oh, yeah. just peaceful. And I don't know if I ever told this, but I guess I'm going to tell it right quick because it's funny, and because you, you relate to this because you worked on a farm. Uh, back when I was in high, late high school, my daddy thought he would try to get the mule, who was probably then in the late 30s, to see if she'd plow the garden. We already had one section planted. It had some corn planted. Well, he wanted to plow the rest of it. And uh, 
she got he got on the, pl- the back of the plow with her, and she took off right through the corn that we already had planted and went straight in the barn. <laughs> and she basically said, I'm too old for this. I ain't doing this anymore. So he took the harness, uh, the plow off of her and uh, said, all right, old girl, you've done your time. We'll just leave it alone. So something funny my daddy did. I was actually there that day. I laughed at him. I said, Dad, you knew better than that. But love growing up uh, around animals, and obviously you did too. And so oh, yeah. you do you have any now? you got a farm now? I do. We have uh, cows, chickens, goats. Uh, my last horse just well, I had to put it down about four months ago. Mm. I actually bought her for uh, – you know, when you work hard and buy something with your own money, it means a whole lot to you. Sure. Bought her in 94, and uh, she just got sick on us, and we had her put her down. But uh, that was uh, – she was she was all mine. I broke her, trained her myself, and my uh, – she had a hard time with my wife started coming around. We started dating, you know. She was really jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I kid you not. Horses are loyal. I love them. They are. She wouldn't let, she wouldn't let my wife have anything to do with her. Yeah. Uh, we uh after we got married we moved her up to monroe of course and uh she of course she was raised in rickman too mm-hmm. um and uh, we tied her up to a tree in the front yard and we was giving her a bath and i said well let me run in here and grab the comb right quick i forgot it in the house i said i'll be right back and as soon as i shut the front door to the house i heard a scream and it was my wife and i run back out and i said what happened she said as soon as you turned your back that horse stomped my foot and head butted me in the mouth and oh i said goodness oh lord wow that's a loyal and jealous horse uh, loyal and jealous <laughs> that's good stuff so obviously you grew up on a farm still still on a farm in monroe yep. now and what what else uh what else makes the man you are Stephen? well uh been a pastor for 16 years pastoring at uh, monroe christian church i started off pastoring 16 years ago uh there's not a lot of people that can say that right now there's a big change in in churches going on uh i do believe there's a lot of pastors quitting out there. there's a lot of church looking for preachers uh i want to st- i'm going to stay with it that was one of the questions i was asked by some of my congregation is uh if you get this uh position are you uh are you going to quit preaching and i said absolutely not absolutely not yeah because you it's a passion of yours it is it's a calling yeah, it's, it's a calling. calling so how big's your congregation at monroe christian I, we're in the 60s 70s we uh before covid we was uh up in the upper 90s um covid did take a lot away from us uh so uh we bounced back uh from i guess post-covid we bounced back. Up. How did y'all navigate through COVID? I'm just curious. Uh, I did a lot of online. Yeah. Uh, those that want to come came, and we never had Facebook uh, uh, messages before COVID, but uh, it's really taken off. We've actually had people join our church from uh, Nashville, Clarksville, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Wow. I mean, we've got them. It's really spread the word out. That's good. Yeah, that's uh, something that I saw a lot of community churches in Baxter embrace, and they still do it. They're they're streaming live on Sunday mornings, their service, and people are tuning in because maybe they don't feel safe getting back out and back around people. Maybe they're just not feeling good in general and and can't get out on a Sunday morning, so they may join – via facebook live or via whatever youtube yep. tv or whatever they have so um that's good I, that's um uh, i hate that you lost some people but you still sounds like it's pretty strong yeah yeah there's no quit in us so and i want to get to this and I, we can now you've been a pastor in 16 16 years did pastoring have anything to do with you wanting to be in in public service absolutely. in the county government side absolutely 
Yeah. So what about that led you to, to try to serve on the county government side? I for for the past few years, I said, you know what? I said somebody needs to step step up and do something. And uh, I just laying in bed one night and I just felt the Lord speaking, saying, you know, we keep saying somebody ought to do something, somebody ought to. Why not you? You you've got experience, you've got leadership, uh, you can do this said uh why we always put it off on somebody else so it's it's time for you to step up old boy and that's what i did so start with the lord and then then what um what what was your next steps did you did you start building a team did you start what'd your wife say i mean what was her reaction (laughs) she told me i was crazy but um she said wherever you go i'll follow she said you know um if uh, if the lord's put it on your mind i believe it so i'll stand behind you and back you 100 percent well, and that's uh, – I'll tell you this, having the support of your spouse, any elected official, if they're married, having the support of their spouse is huge. Yes. Um, I've seen a couple officials in my area over the last 17 years that may not have had as much support as they would like from their spouse, and it made them miserable at work. It made them miserable in their in their call to service, and, and they couldn't fully – uh, be available or they couldn't fully put the effort in they they wanted to because maybe something at home was going on or or whatever and of course yeah I've, like i said been doing this over 17 years and i've seen a lot of officials come and go across the state and we got one that's been serving a long time and i asked him the other day i said are you going to run again in three years and he said my wife says i'm not <laughs> i said really he said, yeah, 20 years is long enough, she says. I said, well, what are you going to do? He goes, I don't know yet. You might want to think long and hard before you tell her, no, you're not going to do something. He said, oh, I've been married long enough. He said, I'll navigate through it. But So a, a big deal, you know, if God calls you to do something, obviously, mm-hmm. you want to you wanna follow the call and, and, and obey obey his call. So you got, you're getting a team together. How did you um, – how did you attack your campaign? How did you approach it? I wanted to uh, go about this as look into uh, what I needed to do, um, and it, it takes a lot. Uh, of course, I've not—I don't have a political background. I've never ran for office office before, so I didn't know the first step. So I went to the election office and and asked. Uh, uh, Craig Story, I said, uh, where do I need to start from here? And he said, well, well, first you need to get a hold of your a party that you want to to join with, and and take it from there. So I contacted the Republican Party out of Livingston, and uh, got their blessing. Uh, kind of went through the chairman, uh, Matt Tuttle, and uh, I, I told him my thoughts. I, I we sat down for a couple of interviews and he got to know me and he said, yes, yes, you're the, you're the one that we want to run. And then right, right at, uh, the last day to sign up, there was, uh, Miss Robbie Cole. She signed up and, uh, you know, we had called and talked and we're still friends today. And it's all about friendship. I mean, just cause somebody wants to run for the same office you do, doesn't mean that you're, they're your arch enemies. Right. You know? Uh, cause I mean, it's a it's a job just like no other. I mean, it, more people applying, and uh, I had a talk with her, and she said, "I didn't know you were running," and I was like, "Well, I th- I thought I had came out, but I'd done this on my own. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hire a campaign manager or anything, and I didn't take any money off of anybody. Um, I had plenty of offers, yeah. but I wanted to do it honest. I didn't want to owe anybody any favors. I paid for my own campaign out of my own pocket." It was hard. It yeah. was rough. Uh, but uh, your wife 
standing right there with you. Yeah. That, that was a whole thing right there. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about kind of your campaign strategy. You've got, to, you've got into a little bit of it. Uh, with Stephen Barlow, the Overton County Executive, this has been Rogers on Local Matters. We'll be back in just a moment. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardy's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. Ben Rogers in studio with Stephen Barlow, the new elected Overton County Executive. Uh, first time I've had him on, having the newly elected officials on try to each week or every every other week to, to get you a fresh look at somebody new serving the Upper Cumberland. So, Stephen, again, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Um, we talked about your calling to run, talked about you um, – uh, actually approaching the Republican Party because you were told pick a party and, and you you couldn't you can or you could have ran independent whatever you wanted to do and you obviously went chose the Republican Party and had a conversation with them so after you decided you're all in your wife's all in with you how did you campaign what was your strategy for campaigning uh, basically I just wanted to get uh, people to vote and I went uh, to different stores that would have me in course. Uh, a lot of stores that I went to didn't want to get into the political field, didn't want it, you know, anybody having hard feelings uh, one way or another. And I didn't approach it in the way as uh, I'm the only guy that you need to vote for or anything like that. Uh, you know, I said it over and over and over. I don't care who you vote for. You just need to vote. And if you're not registered, I am here today to get you registered to vote. Whether you vote for me or the other guy, it doesn't matter. Um, there's a lot of people that's lost their life and, and a lot of people went through a lot of things just for you to have your right to vote. And there's a lot of people out there that do not vote. So and I appreciate that effort because we, we've historically the last couple of times we've had elections had kind of had a low turnout in yeah. Upper Cumberland. What was the turnout like in Overton County? Was it low? Was it? It was, it was about average about average uh, yeah so you probably had something to do with that if you're encouraging people to go vote because it was low in putnam county you know yeah. it was just a low turnout in august and um uh and it's you know we don't know there's several factors and we won't get into that today but there's several factors we think that's keeping people from voting still covid's one of yeah, them yeah i didn't want that to scare anybody um that was my whole goal and everything because the last uh last time that the voting was going on it was uh, bare minimum. I mean, there wasn't a lot of people that showed up. I think the last uh, election I had in the city, there was 50 people that voted in the city limits of Livingston. And, you know, you got to get out there and get your voices heard. Um, a lot, so, You know, one of, the, one of the biggest things that I heard and people don't understand is they didn't want to register to vote because they didn't want to be called in for jury duty. Yeah. And I said, you know, that has it goes off your driver's license. It has nothing to do with registering to vote. I've talked on this show. It's probably been a while, though. And, and, and the opportunity to be able to vote 
mm-hmm. the privilege of voting in America is one of the greatest blessings anybody could have. Yes. It's like you said, it, the people fought and died for our freedom, and that freedom gives us the right to vote. And so, but now I try to early vote because yeah. I don't want to take the risk of something happening election day that's, that's where I can't right, go vote because yeah. I, I think that might have happened once. And it so, happened to me once. Yeah. So I've early voted ever since. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's very important. So did you do a lot of door knocking? Is that I still did. welcome in Overton County? Uh, yes. Uh, when you go door to door, you will find a little hesitation. A lot of people, you can hear them running around in the house, and you know, you, you just politely just uh, excuse yourself. You know, there's a lot of people still don't like that, but I did do a lot of door to door. Big thing is setting up that the stores, and I would do a Facebook Live while I was at the stores, and I would show them around our little country stores and things, and I would tell them, you know, I'm not here to pressure you into anything. All I'm doing is if I'm here if you want to meet me. Uh, but I am just advertising that I'm just here to uh, try to get re- people registered. That was my biggest thing. Uh, I did have cards and signs and um, got those all made uh, by Print Martin's local shop. Um, all but my big signs, he sent me to another little place that uh, he was honest with me. He said, man, he said, I can save you half the money if you'll just go right here to get your big, large signs, the 4x4s sure. and the 4x8s. And I was running off a bare minimum budget. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people say, you know, I don't have a lot of money and I can't do this because it takes a lot of money to run for this. It does take a lot, but you don't have to have a lot to, to do that. Yeah, it does take some capital to, to run a campaign. And it depends on what you're running for and where you're at. It depends on how much money you're – you know, it's a run a race in Putnam County, maybe a different run a race in Clay County. You know, it's just depending on how you approach it. But, well, that's good information, Stephen. I appreciate that. I, other than pastoring, did you have any other prior public service? I worked in a school system there for a little while while I was farming. Um, I was farming full-time, and Harold Watson, he was, the, he was over the bus garage at the time, and I was – fueling up my truck and he came over and he said what are you doing now and i said well i'm just farming full-time you know and he said well he said how many paychecks you get a year and i said well you're getting personal (laughs) yeah i said one two a year and he said well he said i'm in desperate need of some bus drivers he said "I, i bet you need a paycheck at least once a month a little help you know a little there and he said uh i can desperately need some help and and I got to thinking about it, and I said, you know, we are a little slow on the farm right now, and the money's not that great because uh, it took a uh, big turn. We was crop farming, had beans and wheat and uh, corn and stuff. So um, I said, well, you know what, I'll give this a shot. I had my class ACDLs already, so um, he he showed me the, uh, the grounds, and so I started uh, – uh, doing a little bus driving, then they they uh, sucked me right into doing a little teaching, a uh, little teacher aid stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I got to work a lot with the kids, and uh, I, that's another one of the things when I first got called into the youth youth ministry. Uh, just to be able to help the kids is, uh, was awesome. But uh, I did find out that at one time I wanted to be a teacher. And that made my mind up right there. Um, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I, we, I love kids, but I understand. I, I, some people are built for it. Yeah. Some people are not. I, I never did do, go in the education route because I didn't think I was built for it. And uh, I think the good Lord probably told me, will tell you now, I'm probably not built for it. But So we don't really talk about this a lot here, Stephen, but it, you, you've made me think of something. You know, that experience uh, at the bus garage, driving the bus and being in, in the schools as a as an aide or teacher aide, probably gave you some recognition really you know and and i know you may have not been thinking that at the time about running for office one day when you made that decision but 
a lot of the voters, a lot of the the, the community, you know, they may make uh, not really their decision, but base their decision on what they know. Mm-hmm. And part of what they know is recognition. Well, I know this guy. I mean, I've seen him here. I've seen him there. Nice guy, polite. Yeah. Seems like he's got some common sense. Yeah, you know, let me learn more. Let me find out more. So that may have given you some, given you some recognition. Yeah, back in, uh, I quit back in t- February of 2012. So you're talking the the kids that were 15, 16, 17 years old whenever they grow up. Hey, man, he used to be my bus driver. Yeah, he used to be one of my teachers. You know, he's he's a pretty cool guy. So, uh, you know, ten years down the road when I'm running, uh, they're old enough to vote. They recognize me and and, and things, but. Uh, I got started from there, uh, and I, I knew I wanted more because uh, farming had went south, and uh, we decided to quit because that last year, uh, after putting daylight to dark, blood, sweat, and tears, and and all the money you could into farming, uh, we just we made ten thousand dollar profit that year. And I I told my wife I said I have I've got to get a a, a career. Yeah, uh, farming is. Uh, wasn't for everybody um and so uh got in with international semis and uh got to be one of their uh, sales reps okay and um i went around to customers and try to help them out with uh, any kind of problems they had because i knew a lot about uh, uh semis i knew a lot about tractors and things like that so um i spot on i'm a big nebraska corn huskers fan okay, okay? i know you're a big ut fan, absolutely no and balls. i don't hate them Okay, uh, but back in the 90s, whenever I was a kid, Nebraska was a big powerhouse. Right. Uh, and I say that to say this, uh, I became a big Nebraska fan, and I never left it. I, I mean, just dedicated, I guess. Each is I, it own, makes brother. me wonder now, you know. <laughs> each they ain't had a good season in a decade. Each is own. Well, that that's I, I love it. Personal information about somebody. <laughs> when we come back, folks, we're going to get into the first four months, how it's been for Steven so far, and this goes for the next four years. Here on Local Matters, we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Local Matters. Overton County Executive Stephen Barlow is with me. And good information so far. Talking about your background, campaigning, your desire to run for public service and in, in county government. And you was you was you was uh, leading somewhere before we left on the break, Stephen, about your experience at um, selling, I guess, tractor trailer trucks or right. Um, so when we left off. Uh, I was uh, telling you about, I mean, you're trying to get around it, that me being a Nebraska <laughs> fan. Uh, it isn't because, you know, Nebraska's beat Tennessee two out of three times we've played each other. But they that, have. That's just what it is. They have, absolutely. <laughs> and beat us pretty good, too. <laughs> but um, I don't want to turn, make anybody turn their knob right now, but um, I, whenever I went to my interview at International, um, when I walked into the office, I had a dress shirt that had uh, Nebraska on it, and uh, I wore that to my interview, my first interview. And uh, this was a big career jump, you know, being able to be a traveling rep for international. And so when I walk into the office, I immediately looked around and saw the guy that was doing the interviews, uh, the main man, the boss, the one that was saying you're hired or not, was a big Oklahoma Sooners fan. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I ain't going to get this job. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he said, well, sit down. I said, well, and I, I just started talking, just being myself. And uh, he's asking questions. We're just talking. And, and, and when I left, he called me and he said, listen, anybody that came into my office and knew right then 
I'm possibly not going to get this job and sell me the way that you did. He said, that's who I want to work for me. And so I, I did. My my, da- my first daughter, Cheyenne, was born while we were uh, working there, and uh, he helped me get Nebraska tickets to go to a home game. Wow. Uh, I mean, I went up. We got called up in the corporate. We got to work in Nashville. We w- both went together. We're still good friends today. Um, we're big Bluegrass fans, so there was something that we could hang on yes. to and, and put our football, you know, in difference. Sure. Uh, but – uh, after international, uh, I got uh, international took a uh, a big hit back whenever all this EPA stuff went on, and um, they laid off a bunch of people, and I was one of the last ones hired up in the corporate area, and so uh, Averett uh, took me on. Averett was one of our customers, and I was at Averett uh, for a long time, and I got to be uh, a manager over the drivers. And so there was another little little area that uh, gave me manager experience. Um, I had up to seventy two drivers working for me at one time, so I was in charge of getting them getting them out of the house and getting them back and over all their pay and all that stuff. So that was a big experience there. So if all these things I, I see that happens for a reason. Getting started off in the farming and trucks and and getting off into international and, and knowing more it gives you more of a build-up to where i am today it just seems like one thing led to another which led to another and all the experiences you learned down the road got me to where i am today i do believe yeah i mean that's and that's why you're here to, let, to talk about that stuff i love it i love knowing the background and the experience part of it because people want to know yeah. what makes you qualified to be to to be the chief executive officer for county you know and I, I get questions like that from from citizens about you know all officials what 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 qualifications are they what qualifies them well there's a bunch of stuff you know so um well, let's talk about your we're four, we're four months into your first term four months in how's it going it's going great What's the biggest surprise so far uh, coming from your world, like what we've been discussing, into to county government as, a, as the chief executive officer of county? What's your biggest surprise? Well, I was told uh, whenever you first walk in, if you don't know what to do, just sit there and it will find you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's probably right. <laughs> it's absolutely right. Uh, so you walk in and you've got a big shock because hey nobody you know you've never had this job before you don't know what to expect and i've kind of asked and i went to prior executives and randy porter he's been you know good friend of mine uh stephen bilberry up in pickett county uh i just got a hold of all these others um yeah you're talking to dale reagan down in uh, uh clay county we've all just been one bed network uh, and there for each other yep. and just somebody you can lean on if you have any questions and uh, I asked uh, Randy I said listen uh, my first day in office I said you know what do I need to what do I need to wear what do I need to do who do I need to see what calls do I need to make he said just go into your office and just relax for a minute yep. and I was like well, I don't know what you're talking about, Randy. He goes, it will find you, I promise. And it, it didn't take long because, you know, your first couple of days, everybody's want to come around and shake your hand and meet you and congratulate you. And uh, and it goes from there. And, and you kind of learn it as it goes along. And, you know, and you don't have to be afraid of saying, well, I don't know. 
the answer to that question, but let me find out, and I will get back to you because I've had to do that. But it, it comes along, and, and you get better and better and better at it. Yeah, and, and Randy gave you some good advice. Um, of course, you have a network with mayors. You have not have somebody with me you call and yeah. can ask questions, and, and uh, I'll give you what the Constitution of the TCA says, or I'll give you a best practice approach. And But you got a network, and – and, and Randy Porter's right. You sit there long enough, it'll find you. It'll find you. Uh, and it'll keep finding you, and it won't stop finding you. But that's why you're there. Yes, and I've, I've threw myself into all the classes that I could take. To, the more I know, the better I can do at the job. So I'm doing the CTAS training yeah. uh, for the COCTP. Sure. Um, I'm almost done with that, actually. Awesome. Uh, so all the spare time that I have, I have been throwing myself so – the days off, the holidays, excuse me, <clears throat> the days off, the holidays, things like that, I have been in my office, and I have been doing all this training. Uh, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, uh, or should I say Monday was Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was, I took seven and a half credits. Uh, I was there for 10 hours, done seven and a half credits. So uh, you're close. I, I'm I'm getting there. There's a lot uh, of hours to, to go through to get that uh, county official certified training program certificate. Yeah. And um, you're, if you're that close, you have been getting after it. I've, I've been doing nights, and we've been having these trainings that we have to go on the road and things like that. Sure. So I've uh, been hotel room. I've been bringing the iPad yeah, and, yeah. and doing that at night, you know, FaceTiming the kids at the house and say, listen, I'm going to do this training. Daddy loves you, yep. uh, but I've got to get this done. I like it. And, of course, we've got a budget class coming up. You you probably haven't got an email about it yet. It's going to be released in the next couple of weeks, but uh, in, in March here in Cookville. So it's four hours. That'll help you get to where you're going. And it's about budgeting, which you're going to be doing here pretty soon. So. Yeah, we're starting it right uh well, we're fixing to start it next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah next month. By February, March is when counties really get into starting their budget. They get their department request, uh, you know, those those templates out to the departments and their, their requests come in from those the officials and department heads, and then the county mayor and budget director, y'all consolidate all that information and put it in a folder and start going through it and, and start meeting with the budget committee. So that's coming up here before you know it. Oh, yeah. uh, and that class will be a good tool for y'all to, to, to use, especially you being new. So – we talked about the first four months. What about your next four years? What do you What next do you foresee in Overton County? What do you want to accomplish? I'd like to uh, see us step up, um, and we've actually filed for some grants about uh, our handing out of food, uh, distributing food, and things. Uh, one of my big passions that I had was taking care of our seniors, and we've really stepped up on that. Uh, been able to provide uh, more meals uh, to our seniors. Uh, just looking after uh, their well-being and, and and seeing how we can better serve our communities and things like that. Um, I'd like to see um, – uh, I've been working on trying to get a grocery store up on the mountain. I'd like to see that finished. I'd like to see one up there because uh, that's 14 miles from the nearest grocery store up in Hanging Limb. Uh, I've got the numbers uh, up there that everything that the grocery store has asked for i've been able to deliver um we had estimated five thousand people and the numbers shocked me when i got it 7551 uh so it was 
2,500 more than what we had thought. Sure. That's what had gained over these last few years up on hanging limbs. So being able to provide people with what they need, being able to help them, um, that is, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a huge goal is access. Yeah, right. We talk about quality of life. We talk about as public servants, what can we do to provide a quality of life that people want? Now, the definition of quality of life differs for everybody, right? Some it people does. may want a grocery store. Some people may just want uh, access to broadband. Some people may want access to a sewer. I mean, the quality of life is different, but as public servants. Our charge, our goal, our mission should be what can we do to provide the best quality of life for our citizens? That's right. And so hanging lamb, that's something they want. Uh, anything you can do is – I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I keep I keep getting asked, you know, uh, when's this stuff going to happen? I, you can't make it happen, and I've learned that. It, it takes steps, and sometimes it takes a year or so to get these things done. Uh, but, I mean, we'd like to uh, be able to – uh, get in each community and see what is what is this community's need and and let's see how we can yeah. help that community yeah. whether it be a, a playground or something for the kids to do i'd love to have a uh, dogwood park in our county yeah uh, and that's something that we're going to look into uh i mean that would be uh, a, a, down in rickman somewhere right in there sure. that would be the perfect opportunity for providing our families a place to go and and just let loose and be a family i think that's fantastic steven i've enjoyed my time with you Thank uh you, we will i'll have you back on in a few months and get some updates from you in overton county appreciate your service uh appreciate you being here with me spending time i know you're busy but uh appreciate everything you do Thank you, Ben. And you do the same thing. Thank you for your service. Hey, I appreciate you. Folks, hope you have a good weekend. It's been great having Stephen Barlow, Overton County Executive, in with me. Remember, it's a lot easier to smile than it is to frown. Be kind to somebody this weekend. Give them a hug if they need it. Make somebody's day. Do not be mean, people. Just be kind. That's all I'm asking you. Thank you, my producer, Jake. Appreciate you, buddy. Y'all have a good weekend. We'll see you next week.